أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والعاقبة للمتقين ولا عدوان إلا على الظالمين وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له إله الأولين والآخرين وأشهد أن نبينا محمدا عبده ورسوله المصطفى الأمين اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على عبدك ورسولك محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ما بعد Welcome to another episode of our tafsir page by page wherein inshallah ta'ala we aim to take a page of the Quran more or less an episode and, and make it tafsir Today we are on page number 16 of the first juz of the Quran, Surah Al-Baqarah. And over the previous uh, few episodes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the verses that we've covered has been speaking about the nation of Bani Israel and the many blessings that he bestowed upon them and in return the uh, the way that they behaved or the way that they responded to the command of Allah Azza wa Jal and his, his, uh, his legislation, his sharia. And the way that they dealt with their prophets that Allah which was sent to them, and the way that they dealt with the revelation that was given to them. And also then by extension, the way that they rejected our Prophet وسلم, and the revelation of the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the previous verse that we, we mentioned at the end of the last episode, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that when the revelation of the Quran came to them, and it's a revelation that attests to the truthfulness of that which they had already received meaning that they can judge the truthfulness of the Qur'an and the truthfulness of the Prophet wasallam based upon what they already accept as being true from the Prophet Musa wasallam and the Torah. They can compare and they can see that this is something that follows on from that. That the Prophet wasallam, what he brought in terms of his message and his call is something which was confirmed by the Torah and by Musa wasallam beforehand. Allah says, however, what they did instead is that they threw the book of Allah behind their backs, meaning that they disregarded and rejected the book of Allah, ignoring it as if they took the physical book and they threw it away out of disrespect and out of rejection. So then if they're not going to follow the revelation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they're not going to follow the way of Allah azza wa they're not going to follow the guidance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what do they follow instead? This is what Allah azza wa begins on in pay, begins with on page number 16, verse number 102. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And instead, they followed what was fabricated concerning the kingdom of Sulaiman alayhi salatu wasalam. The Prophet Sulaiman alayhi salatu wasalam, he was one of the prophets and uh, prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the people of Bani Israel. And Sulaiman alayhi salatu wasalam, as we know from elsewhere in the Quran, was not only a prophet, but he was a king. He was given a vast kingdom by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and he was given a number of, uh, of, of miracles that Allah azawajal gave to him. Uh, to attest to his truthfulness as a prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. From the miracles that he was given, was that he was given the ability to command the jinn, the devils, this creation, uh, the jinn that Allah Azzawajal created, and it is one of the creations that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to it free will, just as humans have free will. So amongst the jinn there are believers and disbelievers, amongst them there are righteous and those that are not righteous. Allah Azzawajal created this creation which is made from a smokeless fire, 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave the Prophet Sulaiman authority over them. And so he had the ability to command them alayhi salatu wassalam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا كَفَرَ سُلَيْمَانُ وَلَكِنَّ الشَّيَاطِينَ كَفَرُوا يُعَلِّمُونَ النَّاسَ السِّحِرُ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the Prophet Sulaiman himself was not a disbeliever. Rather, it was the evil ones, the disbelievers amongst them who disbelieved. Or rather, it was the shayateen, the evil ones, the devils that disbelieved because they taught one another or they taught the people witchcraft. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that the people of Bani Israel rejected the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. They rejected the revelation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What do they follow instead? They follow what they claim was the case of uh, in the time of Sulaiman alayhi salatu wasalam, and that is the devils and the jinn that existed during his time. And that is that they say that Sulaiman the vast kingdom that he had, and Allah as we will go throughout the Quran, will speak about this vast kingdom in a number of places and surahs in the Quran, uh, not least of which in Surah Al-Naml, when we have the story of Sulaiman and the queen Bilqis, uh, and the amazing power that Allah gave to Sulaiman the miracles that he was given, and the vast kingdom that he then commanded by Allah's permission and his will subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Jews claimed, or a group from amongst them claimed, that this vast kingdom and power that was given to Sulaiman was as a result of witchcraft and sorcery. It was as a result of the magic that he learned, that he employed by the jinn and so on, that he was able to have this vast kingdom. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because sihr at that level, and we're not speaking about parlor tricks, we're not speaking when you say magic, we're not speaking about uh, you know sleight of hand or the tricks that you see when someone's pulling a coin from your ear. Those types of things which are not really sorcery, they're not really magic in that sense. It's just a fast movement of the hands and so on. That is something which is different to what is being referred to here. And that is the witchcraft, the sorcery that involves the shayt, the shayateen, the jinn. When you invoke other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and a great element or a great part of that can be and often is shirk with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is to make shirk with Allah azza wa jal or to in some way disbelieve in the revelation or to or to write things that, give, that, that are in their essence, shirk and associating partners in the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the claim that they make of Sulaiman alayhi salam, that he was engaged in this type of witchcraft that allowed him to have the, uh, the kingdom that he possessed. And that would then mean that he engaged in types of kufr, in types of shirk with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And as we know that the people of the scriptures of the past have no, uh, you know, they have no scruples or they have no issue with claiming that there are prophets that committed major sins. They have no problems in claiming that there were prophets who, who committed incest or committed adultery or who did. Those things are very, are very, uh, very easy for them or those assertions are some things which they, those claims are things which they make throughout their scriptures and throughout their books. However, for us, the prophets of Allah don't commit major sins. For us, the prophets of Allah don't commit kufr or shirk. And that is why Allah says, وَمَا كَفَرَ السُّلَيْمَانِ Sulaiman didn't commit kufr. وَلَكِنَّ الشَّيَاطِينَ كَفَرُ But it is the devils of that time that made kufr when they were teaching people sihr and magic. Allah says, وَمَا أُنزِلَ عَلَى الْمَلَكَيْنِ بِبَابِلَ هَارُوتَ وَمَارُوتَ They taught people witchcraft and what was revealed in Babylon to the two angels Harut and Marut. Babylon is an area of Iraq of the old kingdom known as Mesopotamia. And so Allah is saying that he sent down two angels by the name of Harut and Marut that taught people the uh, the witchcraft and, and the sorcery that these people are claiming 
that was the, 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 these people claim or that the Jewish tribes claim was the essence of the kingdom of Sulaiman There is a great discussion amongst the scholars of Tafsir as to whether Harut and Marut, these are, are, are the names of the two angels, uh, are the names of two angels, or whether they are the names of two magicians. And you will see different scholars taking different positions uh, amongst that. The stronger of those two positions and what seems to be more apparent and Allah knows best is that they are the names of the two angels as was the position of the Imam of the scholars of Tafsir Al-Imam Al-Tabari Rahimahullahu Ta'ala Bi Rahmatihi Al-Wasi'ah and those statements of the scholars of some of the scholars of the Salaf such as Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhum and others that they are the names of two sorcerers doesn't actually dispute or contradict the position of the likes of Imam Al-Tabari because we're saying that they are angels that taught sorcery they are angels that are sorcerers and so therefore when some of the Salaf said that they are sorcerers that doesn't negate them also being angels at the same time just as you can have a prophet that was also a king him being a king doesn't negate his prophethood and his prophethood doesn't negate him, his kingdom or the king, that, the king that he is in terms of his position. And Allah knows best, but that seems to be the strongest of those two positions. The question then arises, the question then arises, how can Allah, why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala send down two angels, angels that therefore are doing what Allah commands because the angels of Allah only do as Allah commands, why is he sending them down to teach witchcraft and sorcery? And the answer to this, as Imam Al-Tabari mentions, and Allah Azza wa knows best, is because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent them down as a test and a trial. And Allah Azza wa sends down good and He sends down evil. If Allah Azza wa had wished, there would have been no Iblis. There would have been no one that, to tempt creation. There would have been no evil created in the, in the earth, uh, in, in the sense that there could be no murder, there could be no stealing, there could be no zina, there could be nothing which is evil or haram in its essence. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has allowed this and allowed that, allowed good and allowed evil because that is the life of this world, it is a life of test. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent down these two angels and they're teaching witchcraft, they're doing it in order to test people. Will people see this temptation and stay away from it or will they fall into it and into the aspect of shirk? And that is what Allah azza wa says to make it very clear that it is a test, that those angels themselves clarified, stay away from this, this is the test. وَمَا يُعَلِّمَانِ مِنْ أَحَدٍ حَتَّى يَقُولَا إِنَّمَا نَحْنُ فِتْنَةٌ فَلَا تَكْفُرُ Yet these two, meaning Harut and Marut, never taught anyone without first warning them, we have only been sent as a fitna, as a test, so do not disbelieve. Because as we said, shir, uh, uh, sihr or magic and witchcraft at its highest level is a form of shirk. And that is why the Prophet ﷺ forbade it and it is considered to be from the major sins that a person can perform. And so these angels came and they warned people, this is a test, it is a temptation, stay away from it, do not commit disbelief. But as always, there will always be people who take it and they will disregard the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they will do as they please because they are following their desires instead of the uh, instead of the commands of Allah Azza wa Jal. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then in this verse 102 speaks about one of the greatest evils that results from witchcraft and from sorcery. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَيَتَعَلَّمُونَ مِنْهُمَا مَا يُفَرِّقُونَ بِهِ بَيْنَ الْمَرْءِ وَزَوْجِهِ وَمَا هُمْ بِضَارِّينَ بِهِ مِنْ أَحَدٍ إِلَّا بِإِذْنِ اللَّهِ from these two they learnt what can cause discord between a man and wife. From the worst evils and from one of the reasons that people often use this witchcraft and sorcery is to split between a husband and wife, to cause them to have discord, 
divorce amongst them, problems amongst them. It is something which people do when they see and there is jealousy from one family to, uh, towards another, from one person towards another, whatever it may be. And often people, when it comes to these issues of marriages, can be extremely harmful to one another. Because I wanted her to marry into my family. I wanted her to be the spouse of my son or him to be the spouse of my daughter. And now that he's chosen someone else, we're going to cause problems between them. And so they cause this, this, this discord between them. And we know that that is something extremely pleasing to Iblis. As the Prophet told us وسلم, in the hadith, that when Iblis sends out his armies of devils in the morning and they come back to report to him, he asks them what they did. And the one who comes and says, I caused discord between a husband and wife, that one he allows to come and sit close to him. He brings him and draws him near because he is pleased with what he's done. Because that causes problem in the family. It causes problem with the children. It causes problem in the tarbiyah and the up and and the and the good conduct of the whole community and of society in general. And Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, "But no, that no one can harm anyone except by Allah Subhanahu wa Taala's permission and by His leave." And that is the belief that we have with regards to this: that even those who perform witchcraft and sorcery, they only do so because Allah Azza wa Jalla has given them leave to do so. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by his permission they do so. And nothing happens in this universe except that Allah commands it and controls it. Therefore the question why does Allah then allow it as we said because it is a test. Allah wants to see the level of people's iman. Allah wants to see the level of people's obedience. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to see how they ward off that evil from themselves and how they're patient against it. And through that the believers increase in good deeds and they expiate their sins and the disbelievers go further into their kufr and disbelief and they increase in their evil deeds. Allah says they only learn that which harms them, not that which benefits. وَلَقَدْ عَلِمُوا لَمَنِ اشْتَرَاهُ مَا لَهُ فِي الْآخِرَةِ مِنْ خَلَاقَ And Allah says, knowing full well that whatever, whoever gained this knowledge would lose their share of the hereafter. وَلَبِئْسَ مَا شَرَوْا بِهِ أَنفُسَهُمْ لَوْ كَانُوا يَعْلَمُونَ Evil indeed is the price for which they have sold their souls in, if only they knew. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that they learn from this magic that which is haram. That which does haram, even though it is only Allah Azza wa Jal, even though Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is the one who controls the heavens and the earth, in which therefore there is a lesson for the believer that so long as you turn to Allah, stay steadfast upon this religion, make dhikr of Allah Azza wa Jal, make dua to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, surround yourself with good people, engage in the remembrance of Allah Azza wa Jal and in His worship, then by Allah's will you will be safeguarded from the evils of this witchcraft and sorcery. And if it does still strike you, it is because Allah Azza wa loves you and wants you to increase even more in the good that you're doing in your level and in your status by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy and by his permission. But people who engage in sorcery and witchcraft, Allah says, they only learn that which is harmful, not that which is beneficial. And they know that by doing so, they have chosen to sell off any portion of the hereafter. Again, it is that transaction that is being made of kufr and shirk and disbelief in Allah Azza wa Jalla and rejecting the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the paltry price of this dunya. Because you want the love of someone or you want someone's marriage proposal to be accepted or you want some type of other worldly, temporary, tangible benefit that it ultimately will not give you success in the next life. And that is why Allah Azza wa Jalla says that it is an evil transaction. Evil is what you have purchased your souls with, if only they knew. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then speaks about the people of Iman, those who do the opposite. وَلَوْ أَنَّهُمْ آمَنُوا وَاتَّقَوْ لَمَثُوبَةٌ مِّنْ عِنْدِ اللَّهِ خَيْرٌ لَوْ كَانُوا يَعْلَمُونَ In verse 103, if they had only believed and been mindful of Allah Azza wa Jal, had taqwa of Allah, their reward from Him would have been far better if only they knew. As for the believers, they don't make shirk and they don't make kufr. As for the believers, even when they see their opportunity before them, that they could, if they wanted to, to do harm, they could do harm. But they know by that, taking the, that by taking that path, by going along that road, they disobey Allah. They reject Allah's commands. They distance, they, they distance themselves from the reward of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and from His, from His obedience. And therefore, they weaken their own state of iman, so they stay away from it. And instead they are mindful of Allah Azza wa conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, people of taqwa and piety, people of iman, and they know that the reward of Allah Azza wa is for those people who can remain steadfast and patient on this world. Even when harm comes to them, they seek to repel that harm with that which is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As Allah says, says elsewhere in the Quran, prevent harm by doing that which is good. If you're going to ward off something just because someone's hurt you, doesn't mean that you can go and oppress them even more. There are limits and there are protocols within the Sharia. There are ways and means by which Allah has allowed you to take your rights and ways and means by which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded you to behave. And so the believer is the one who takes that path and adheres to the commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah Azza wa Jalla in verse number 104, uh, 104 he continues and he says, O you who believe, do not say to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, ra'ina, but rather say unzurna and listen to him. For indeed an agonizing torment awaits those who ignore Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah Azza wa Jalla is giving an instruction to the believers. The believers at the at the beginning of Islam, when the Prophet would teach them, when he would come to them with commandments, when he would come to them with instructions, they would often say to the Prophet Ra'ina. Ra'ina means take into account our situation. Saying to the Messenger of Allah and they meant something good with this, O Messenger of Allah, be gentle with us. O Messenger of Allah, take into account our situation. Many of them are weak, many of them are poor. Many, o Allah, think, o, 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 meaning O Prophet wasallam, think concerning our situation before you teach us, before you instruct us, before you give us guidance. And that is no doubt one of the etiquettes of the teacher. From the etiquettes of the teacher and the Prophet wasallam was the greatest of all teachers. From the etiquettes of the teacher is that they know the situation of their students. They can recognize their strengths and their weaknesses, their needs and their challenges and the hardships that they're going through. A good teacher is the one who sees the levels of their students and sees what they're going through and they change and adapt accordingly. That is from the good ways and etiquettes and methodologies of a teacher that is successful. So when the companions were saying this, they meant a good meeting. The Jews of Medina would come and they would say exactly the same thing to the Prophet ﷺ, but they would use the same word because in the root of the Arabic language, it has more than one meaning and their intention would be something which is evil. They would say ra'ina, which, mean, which comes from the root word ru'una. And ru'una means someone who has a lack of integrity, someone who doesn't have upstanding character. So when they would say ra'ina, they would say 
as if they're saying and accusing the Prophet ﷺ of having no integrity, of having no good character, of not being a person of, of moral worth. This is the claim and accusation that they're making. But they're saying the same word, just as we have in the hadith of Al-Bukhari and other than Al-Bukhari of Aisha radiallahu anha, that sometimes when some of the Jews would come to the Prophet ﷺ in Medina, they would say to him, Assalamu alaikum, not assalam, but rather assam without the lamb. Assalam means may peace be upon you. Assam means may poison be upon you. And so the Prophet ﷺ would simply reply, and he would say, وَعَلَيْكُمْ and upon you as well. And as he said to Aisha radiallahu anha, Allah will answer my dua, he will not answer their duas. So they would take words and they would manipulate them, change them. As we know, already we have, we've had an example of this in Surah Al-Baqarah in a previous episode when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala were told, were commanded Bani Israel that when they enter the, the promised land, they should say, Hittah, O Allah, forgive our sins. And instead they changed it to the word with a noon, Hintah, which means barley or wheat. And so they would do this. They would manipulate the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah is saying the same thing here, that they're saying exactly the same thing as the companions. The companions mean something which is correct. These people have an intention which is evil. So Allah says, don't say this. Don't open this door for them. That they would use it as a means of mocking and ridiculing the Prophet ﷺ. Rather say, unzurna, O Messenger of Allah, wait, be gentle. Take your time with us, wasma'u, and listen to him. And for those who are disbelievers, a torment awaits them. Allah is giving this command to the believers, and there is an important command. And that is that from the ways of the people of Iman, is that we, unlike those nations that came before us, we don't try to manipulate and change. We don't try to twist the sharia to suit our own needs and our desires. We don't look and try to find ways to manipulate rules and laws and legislation, the halal and the haram, because it doesn't suit our needs or the time that we live in or the environment that we reside in. We're not like those people who will use a word with an intention that is evil, even though the meaning of the word should be something which is correct. So we're not going to come to something which is haram and, 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 and packaged in a way that makes it seem halal towards others and try to fool people in doing so. All of these things Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has, has, has prohibited. And that is because it is a form of ghish, of treachery, of cheating. It is a form of being of having no integrity, of being dishonest and untruthful. And so the, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns the believers against this. In the final verse on this page, verse number 105, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, مَا يَوَدُّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا مِنْ أَهْلِ الْكِتَابِ وَلَا الْمُشْرِكِينَ أَنْ يُنَزَّلَ عَلَيْكُمْ أَنْ يُنَزَّلَ عَلَيْكُمْ مِنْ خَيْرٍ مِنْ رَبِّكُمْ وَاللَّهُ يَخْتَصُّ بِرَحْمَتِهِ مَنْ يَشَاءُ وَاللَّهُ ذُو الْفَضْلِ الْعَظِيمُ Neither those people of the book who disbelieve, nor the people of shirk, the polytheists, would like anything good to be sent down to you from your Lord. But Allah chooses for His grace whomsoever He wills, and His bounty has no limits. Allah says that the people of Iman, or sorry, the people of the scriptures who came before you, from the people of the Jews and the Christians, the people of the scripture, and likewise the Mushrikeen, the disbelievers, the polytheists of Arabia, the Quraysh, and the others who disbelieved in the Prophet from the Mushrikeen, both of those groups would love that no revelation came down to you. They would prefer that you never received revelation. 
the people of the scripture for their own reasons. And that is because they wanted the Prophet to come from amongst them. They wanted that exclusivity. They wanted that claim that they would be the ones that are chosen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, preferred by Allah azza wa jal, because of their own arrogance and issues that we've mentioned in previous episodes. And likewise, the mushrikeen and the likes of Quraysh and others also didn't want that revelation to come to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam for their own interests and motives. That they wanted that prestige and that power and that leadership and that authority. They had their own arrogance that they were uh, that they were embedded in, that they were engaged within. And so because of that, both of those group, groups would rather much prefer that the Prophet wasn't chosen to be the Prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah Azza wa Jalla is saying, as he says elsewhere in the Quran, Allahu A'lamu Haythu Yaj'alu Risalata. Allah knows best where to place his message. Doesn't Allah know who is more worthy of being his prophet and his messenger? Doesn't Allah know who is more worthy of receiving the revelation? And that is why as Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu anh said, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he created creation, he looked at the hearts of all of creation and he chose the best and the purest of those hearts, the noblest of them to be the heart of his messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And so Allah azza wa knows best where to place his, his revelation. But the Jews and the Christians and the Mushrikeen and those people who opposed the Prophet ﷺ during his lifetime, they disliked that he should be the one chosen over and above them. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responds and he says, Wallahu yakhtassu bi rahmatihi yasha. Allah Azza wa Jal gives and prefers his bounty, his grace, his mercy to whomsoever he wills. Allah is the one who makes that choice. No one has the right to demand prophethood. No one has the right to come and say, oh Allah, give me revelation. No one has the right to say that he is more worthy than him or she is more worthy than her. It is up to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah azza wa jal does so based upon his infinite wisdom and knowledge jalla fi ula. Wallahu dhul fadlil azim. And Allah azza wa jal has a bounty that is limitless. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the greatest of his bounties upon us is that he made us from the ummah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. From the greatest of his bounties upon us is that he gave to us the revelation of the Quran, this miracle of his that will continue to stay with us until Yawm al-Qiyamah in which we can find light and guidance and we can find the way to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the path that leads to success in this life and the next. And so Allah azza wa jal as we can see within these verses that we've studied today and that we've made tafsir of, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the importance of holding on to revelation, of understanding the true essence of revelation and what it is that is being called to and to stay away from manipulating or changing the religion or to have any arrogance in that regard. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the humility and the submission that we should have as servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and as people who follow his sharia and his religion. Barakallahu feekum wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in wa salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim 